Good morning and welcome to another episode of Three MPs in a Pod. I'm Tom. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kylie. And we are here to bring you tips, tricks, and funny stories of the trade to keep you up to date and entertained. Did you write that down? I, I went back. I did. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, great. Well, we were just chit-chatting before in the green room, as they say. And uh, so now we're, we're live. Who says that, but hey. <laughs> well, actually, people on, the po- on other podcasts. Oh, okay. Who have... Who have uh, who actually listen to podcasts and you know well, and have true. some great experience? Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, in fact, that's what we we're going to start off this morning with. We we're going to talk about podcasts, our favorite podcasts, and all sundered other things. So, so I'm going to go ahead and throw myself under the bus. Um, take one for the team. I'm not a really big podcast listener. I was I was sharing this with Tom, and he thought it was pretty amazing. Um, I once a year go to an eye appointment, you know, to the mm-hmm. ophthalmologist and I will inevitably pull up a Max Lucado podcast and listen to it, you know, while I wait an hour and a half in their lobby. And that's really my extent of podcasting. I might listen to one and if Kylie sends me, you know, a podcast, I'll listen to it. Or if somebody sends me the message um, to check out this podcast, I will even, even Jessica, you know, Lopez tried to give me a list of her favorite podcasts. And I listen to part of one and I said well tell me if it's good before I listen to it it's so funny um I will say that I listen to baby mama and I think it's because our Mm -hmm. friend is is hosting it and I feel like she has a very soothing voice who's our friend our friend is Kate Ocaro Kate Ocaro from the baby mama podcast Kate Ocaro from the baby mama podcast and she and her friend uh, Jessica have this, you know, health and nutrition and mom life and um, information that is great for new moms and, you know, young moms. I feel like if, uh, I don't know if you've listened to it, Kylie, but it's great because it, it's, yes, it's talking great. about things that you're living when you're a new mom. And it's pretty great because they're, they're new moms themselves. So I like that one. If you haven't listened, you should try it out. That's, uh, that's on my list. Especially you, Tom. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. As, as 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 an old dad, I would sure I would love to listen. I would love to listen to see what the new moms are talking about, so I can be more. I don't know what's well, not empathetic, but be more in tune with what the new moms, what all the cool new moms are saying. And I think I called her friend's name Jessica, but I could be totally wrong. So please, if you're listening, it's maybe not Jessica, but the woman she does it with is a lactation consultant, whatever her name is. I'm going to go look is for she, it now. No, I thought she was a nutritionist or something like that, or a physical therapist. Yeah, I thought she was a nutritionist and a le- Maybe she's just a nutritionist. I thought she was a physical therapist. No, I'm pretty I sure she's a nutritionist because she talks a lot about um, dietary tricks and things for moms who are having trouble, you know, getting their kids to eat. And I think you're thinking about a certain Okay, episode. it's Sophie. The nutritionist it's is Sophie. Sophie and yes. it's and Sophie that always do it. And then they had one episode where they had Jessica on. Who is a nutrition consultant who owns the milk box? Okay. The milk box. The milk, the milk box. box. That's her lactation consultant business. So sorry, Kate and Sophie. It's actually Kate and Sophie that do Baby Mama podcast. But really, this doesn't. I'm not being rude or anything. But Kate has a very soothing voice. If oh you guys yeah. Never listen to her. And to just listen to her, I feel like if I needed to relax, I would just listen to Kate. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what every podcast wants to hear. Listen to my podcast. It will put you to sleep. <laughs> no, it's not like sleeping. It's just, it, it's very calming. It is calming. She's very calming. That's awesome. But she's that way in real life, too. Like, even in a, in a situation at work, she just is, like, calm. We love you, Kate. Can you tell? Yeah. Kate O'Carroll. There we go. I want to be Kate when I grow up. All right. What's your favorite, Kylie? Um, okay. So I have a whole list. I am the complete opposite of you, Sarah. I almost exclusively listen to podcasts or audiobooks in my car. In fact, my husband was asking me the other day, have you heard this new song on the radio? I was like, I don't, I don't listen to the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and I figured it out. When we lived in Colorado, I had an hour-long commute each way to and from work. And oh. I would get to work so grumpy. And I was like, why? Like, why? I've had a fine morning. Why am I grumpy? Because half of my drive was listening to commercials that I really didn't care about. And then as soon as I, like, put all the dots together and was like, if I just choose what I listen to, I'll show up at work in a way better mood. Then I started exclusively listening to podcasts and audiobooks, and it makes the drive so much better. Um, I agree. Yes, I have a ton of them that I listen to because I just I don't like listening to commercials. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, that's why I think the, the, the money I spend for XM Radio is the best thing ever because I just. Oh, there you go. I can't. I'm the same way. And, you know, the same songs over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's too much syrup in the oatmeal. <laughs> in the breast milk. <laughs> Maybe you should call the milk box. <laughs> I have. She's lovely. That's what I'm telling you. I've, uh, she's, oh. She came out and she's lovely. <laughs> I love Kylie Cherry in the morning. She's just lovely. It's just, it's a lovely day. It is. <laughs> awesome okay so your tell okay. tell us your podcast so, so i listen i don't listen to podcasts in apple podcast i listen to them in overcast because the overcast buttons work with the buttons on my steering wheel so i have like a forward button on my steering wheel that if you're listening to like a playlist uh, yeah um it'll skip to the next song it, that button in apple podcast will just skip to the next podcast but that button in overcast skips the next 30 seconds um, so oh, like wow. if I need to fast forward or rewind or anything, that's why I listen in Overcast, not in Apple Podcast. But some of my favorites are the Big Boo Cast, which is just two moms chatting. It, they literally, it's like, so this is what we did this week, and this is where we went to dinner, and I'm gonna go see my daughter, and I just love it. Like it's it's like you're sitting in their den listening to their their updates, and I just I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Calls it the ladies. Can we listen to the, the ladies? ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because I never really thought of us being that way. I told you I would have something to interject, even though I'm not a podcast fan. Um, someone came up to me the other day and said, "Hey, I listened to that podcast you're in with with the, with Tom. You know that one?" And I'm like, "You mean the only one I'm in?" And she's like, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> "She said well, I feel like I'm really getting to know you." Um, without really knowing you and I was like that's kind of awkward but I but wow thanks Um, very nice very nice lady that was you know working with me that day but it was just funny that she was like hey I know you like I was some kind of celebrity and I was kind of like oh interesting 
So at least, you know, we know three people are listening to us now. So that's right. That's right. I have not touched, I have not looked at the demographics lately. We're adding to our numbers to see. Nice. To see. So, so the big boo. Okay. So the big boo cast, the baby mama podcast that Kate does. I like the Lazy Genius podcast. That's by um, Kendra Adachi. And she just kind of breaks down like, all right, so the after school routine, that's a hard time. Let's see, what can we automate that makes it a little bit easier? And like, and she just like, she says, let's be lazy about the things that don't matter and genius about the things that do. Mm. Mm, I just, I like the way that she thinks. I like, she and I think similarly, I think. Um, And I like her advice. Let's see. I like the popcast sometimes. Um, Knox and Jamie are the hosts of the popcast and they talk about like pop culture things. And it's funny, that is way outside of my realm. I, I'm not a big like movie or show person, but I just like listening to their banter back and forth. They're just funny. I'm going to write that one down, the popcast. Popcast, P-O-P-C-A-S-T. And then they have a new one called The Bible Binge, where they essentially like pretend like Bible stories are shows, and they'll cast... Goodness gracious. Mm. Um, they'll cast like stars in, in Bible stories. Um, I really like Sawbones. S-A-W-B-O-M-E-S. It's, um, what do they say? The, the, it's like medical history. And so they'll go back and talk about like leeches or one that I just listened to was the bubonic plague. And um, they, they go through like the history of how treatments came about, how <clears throat> diseases were found, all sorts of things. But, but it's funny. Oh, I've never heard of any of these. Yeah, me neither. So that's <laughs> yeah, I like this though. Um, I really like Glennon Doyle has a podcast. It's called We Can Do Hard Things. And it's oh, yeah. Glennon Doyle and her wife, Abby Wambach, and Glennon Doyle's sister, Amanda. Um, and they, they're not Am afraid to, to talk Doyle about is? anything. Glennon Doyle is um, like a public figure. She's an author. Okay. She... You said it like we all should know who she was, and I thought, no, oh, no, 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 heard that name. No, she wrote, she wrote Untamed, and that's kind of what, like, okay. catapulted her. Um, but I, I like their podcast. They're just, they're not afraid to talk about anything and everything, and, and I really appreciate their views on things. Um, Tom just introduced me to all the hacks. Oh. Oh, wait a minute. I like that guy. I'm addicted. Tom said. And Mm -hmm. I started looking through it and I will admit I've not listened to as many as I probably should have, but I also sent it to Jessica and she was like, Oh, I already listened to that one. So for (laughs) podcast fans, apparently all the hacks is a good one. Yes, it is. It's good. It's uh it's optimizing (laughs) and using, you know, just like I don't know, how how would you say it? It's like finding hacks to make life better. Every episode's like one's on using your points better ones on um, how to buy, like I was just listening to one on how to buy a car, even though I'm not buying a car. And no, it's uh, it's or going to Japan. You know, because it's applicable. <laughs> going to Japan? Yes. <laughs> there is one on yeah. Japan. 
his podcast and the Lazy Genius podcast are similar to me because they talk about like things that you do and how to do them better. Yes. Lazy yeah. Genius is more like routines and like day-to-day stuff and his stuff is more like financial based, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's Brene Brown house. has a podcast. Yes, yeah. Brene Brown has a podcast that she just moved to Spotify. I don't listen to it as much because I just, I keep all my podcasts in Overcast. Um, but her stuff is really good too. She's a, I think she's a social psychologist um, and does a lot of research on shame. And Sh- on shame? On shame, uh huh. She's That's the one Wikipedia sure. says she hosts shame, vulnerability, leadership, and TED Talks. Yes. She, Tom, you would love her. She, she's fabulous. In fact, her husband is a pediatrician. Um, What's she her name? Com- Brene Brown, B-R-E-N-E, Brown. Um, mm. I'll, I'm sure, gonna, I don't want to misquote her. Let me look it up. Um, she has, in one of her TED Talks, she compares empathy and sympathy. And it's one of the best ways to understand the differences of the two wow cool ted talk um i'm writing this down <laughs> yeah yeah i got my i got my pen and paper out as well because yeah know. so well, does it count if i don't listen to podcasts but sometimes i go to the library and rent an audiobook and put it on my cd player while i'm driving long distances <laughs> okay do you know do you know about libby i do know about oh libby. yeah yeah. Yes, yes. we all should know about Libby. If nobody yeah. listening to us knows about Libby, download oh, the Libby app and connect it to Libby your local app. library card. Yep. And you can listen to audiobooks and check out books. And yeah, around Christmas, I was trying to read this series because um, I'm a sucker for Christmas, you know, small town stories. And I wanted a particular book that was only like available in, I don't know some other city. So I was able to link that library card because most cities allow you to have a free library card, even if you don't live there. And um, yeah, I was able to get some books. So it's pretty great. Well, Libby, I, I love, love the Libby app. Yeah. Also, I listen to all my podcasts on double speed. Oh. <laughs> so that's, it makes Fair. it easier to get through a bunch of stuff and audiobooks <clears throat> too. Just listen to it all at double speed. That is, I'm, well, I can't listen to podcasts on double speed. I watch I watch YouTube videos on like one point two five. Sometimes it all depends, but I yeah. and I I have lots of people that talk about that. Even on all the hacks, they talk about that, and I'm like, no, that, I can't do that. And, and I'm like you, I kind of put it on a drive, and uh-huh. just kind of re- also realize I'm in Fort Worth, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and now that y'all mention that, I think that's probably the case because I <clears throat> I actually don't live that far. I mean, I don't live thirty minutes from my closest work location. And so there's not really a lot of time to get in a good podcast, but I do listen to things like that in audiobooks when I have, you know, a two hour drive ahead of me, or, you know, I'm driving six hours to visit a friend, you know, somewhere else. Um, There's one other podcast I listened to the other day because I was remembering you guys and I had a 30 minute each way drive and I pulled up some, you know, Candace Cameron Bure's podcasts. And it was just, it was fun. You know, it had some fun things in it and I never listened again, but it was great to have that option for a long drive when I was by myself um, to just be, you know, uplifted. I look for uplifting types of yes. podcasts, yes. I think, when I'm looking for them. Yep. Yeah. 
especially like when we were getting just pounded in the winter and through COVID and stuff like that. And, you know, my, I was just tired of talking and doing anything really like scientific or thinking I would put on, you know, some of my podcasts and just mindlessly listen. And it was awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll even listen. Churches will put their like Sunday morning message on mm-hmm. as a podcast. Yeah. Um, and there are a couple different churches that I like to listen to too. <clears throat> Yeah, I've done that intermittently before, now that you're mentioning it. But it's real sporadic for me. Yeah. And I go through spurts. Like, right now, I'm addicted to all the hacks. But, you know, I've burnt myself out on a couple podcasts that, Mm -hmm. you know, I love. But So what are your top three, Tom? uh, Top three, in no particular order, is the Jocko show, the Jocko Wilnick podcast. And Jocko is a Navy SEAL who's a leadership expert. And uh, so when I mentioned that, it was like, oh, Navy SEAL, you know, you do this or do this or I'm going to kill you type thing. (laughs) Great. And and it's totally opposite. You know, his uh, his leadership is his leadership style. It's called extreme ownership. He's written a bunch of books and it's really about servant leadership and owning the issue that, you know, most leaders will not say, hey, I made a mistake. And, you know, if the team does well, then it's the it's the team's success but if the team does bad then it's my fault as a leader and you know just his leadership style is amazing it, i just wish i would have learned it a long time ago so listen you, you sent me a you sent me a link on him and i i was able to listen to his, his youtube video podcast things i tried to read the book and i just i couldn't get through reading it so i was hoping to maybe download that one one day and do it audio but yeah i like oh, him yeah. too i've listened to him because you sent it to me i do like that I mean, it's really cool. And he has these great interviews with these, you know, all these leaders and, you know, you listen to these guys and all of them have failed and all of them learn from their failures and all of them are humble. And I mean, that's another big thing is humility. And uh, so it's, I just, I love that one. Um, but I burnt myself out. I listened to it all the time. And, and then I was like, man, I need a break. Uh, so and then the next one in, in no particular order is The Drive with Peter Atia. And he is a longevity medicine specialist. So um, he was a surgeon, did a surgery re- uh, residency at Johns Hopkins and decided that he didn't want to be in medicine anymore. So he dropped out of medicine, went into banking. The guy's a genius, just an absolute genius. Went into banking, everything. And then he had a, they had a kid and he was like, you know what? I want to live a long time and I want to live as well as I can. So he started studying like how to live longer and how, you know, just he takes deep dives. I mean, super deep dives into uh, cardiovascular health, metabolic health. I mean, it's it, it hurts your brain to listen to some of these sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I've learned I've a listened lot. To some, yeah, I've listened to some of it, too. And I do. I learn a lot. But it is. It's, you got to you know what you're getting into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he just came out and I don't know if you saw that Chris Hemsworth just found out that he has the APOE gene and he has two fours and which means his risk of Alzheimer's is greatly increased. Uh, you know, Thor, he's Thor, the guy that does Thor. And um, he was doing a show unlimited or something like that for national geographic or Disney. And so Peter Atia was on there doing this just deep dive into his health. And they, he did this and, 
So he found out that he's, you know, an increased risk of Alzheimer's and it really changed. Like he stopped, he, he took off some time from making films and, you know, he has a father or a grandfather or uncle that had dementia and died. And so it was really interesting. But Peter T is on all the different podcasts and it's not a light podcast by any means. I might have to listen to it and look things up, but I actually pay for the show notes for that one so I can read them and download them. And as a side note, because, you know, my love for all things anti-vaxxers, uh, <laughs> he has a three episode arc that uh, discusses the anti-vaccine movement and the leaders in the movement and things like that. Absolutely phenomenal. He has one guy that wrote the book on Andrew Wakefield called, I think it's the, the doctor that fooled the world. And so he breaks down all that. And then he has the guy out of um, Texas Children's who is in charge of infectious disease. And he has an autistic daughter and uh, he combats, you know, anti-vaccines. And then he has Paul Offit on there all the time. But it was just, I mean, amazing. I, I, I actually have those written down in my notes. And I tell parents when we have discussions, I recommend that they listen to these three. So there's that. Let's see, Jocko, Peter Tia. This one you're going to laugh at, but it's the uh, – I listened to the Alex Rudd fishing podcast. I listened to a bunch of fishing podcasts. <laughs> So that it's this guy. Surprise of, me. Yeah, it's awesome. It's this guy out of Tennessee. <clears throat> he was a teacher, and but he's a big YouTube fisherman, and he talks all things bass fishing. And uh, it's just nine. It's mindless, and I listen to that on he, every Friday. He puts one out, so I try to listen to the. Or uh, he has a pot. He has a live show. That he streams as a podcast. And try to think what else. Uh, oh, all the hacks and. Um, I think that's that's about it. Those are the ones I listen to. I just kind of go in spurts. I listen to a bunch of them and then I stop. Oh, 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 wait, no, one more that is just just <laughs> everyone has to listen to, and it's the Peds Emergency, uh, the Peds ER Playbook. Mm. Is, yes, it is good. Oh, I love that one, the Pediatric Emergency Playbook, and um, it, it it just breaks down things. So easy. I love that guy. Just how he he teaches. It's really good. You know, I have a whole bunch of other ones saved, but I just I don't really listen much. Yeah, I'm not even sure I know how to save them. I was like, how, just... do save them? <laughs> how do you save them so that they're there whenever you're like, oh, what can I listen to today? And then you click on the box. Isn't there somewhere to save them? If I'm using Apple Podcasts, I feel like there should be a way to save it. Do you, either of you know that? You follow. Hold on a second. Oh, okay. you follow. All right. Then you go to the three dots. You go to the three dots and it, there's a... Because I thought that I had saved several, but looking at my podcast history, I have one saved as Called to More, um, and it's from 2017. And then another one um, from a podcast called Made for This. And I think I was just entertained by her, but I, it looks like I only got eight minutes through from 2022. So about every five years, apparently I save a podcast, but I thought that I saved a bunch, uh, you know, a week ago when everyone was sending me their favorites and I can't find them again. So. Okay. I'll, oh, I have it pulled up there in your, in the Apple podcast app, you click on right. the podcast. And then like, if you want to save just certain episodes, the three dots on the lower right hand corner, click on that and you can say save episode. 
and then you find okay. them in that library tab. Click the library yeah, well, tab, and then the like second the one channel. down is saved. I feel like my... Uh, you can... In, in, oh, you know what? My daughter has done it. She's got three NPs in a pod on my recently updated library list here. So. Well, she has good taste in podcasts. Maybe I will ask my 10-year-old how to do this. But, okay, I found the, how to save the episode. So maybe that's how I saved those other two episodes before. All right, maybe got it. it. All right, so oh. everyone go to, you know, three NPs in a podcast, that is. That's right. And hit the little three dots in the bottom corner and follow our podcast. Now that we know that's how right. to do that. And you can also email us at three NPs in a pod at gmail.com. Somebody please NPs email Tom. Just letting you know in case you have an idea that you want to send us. So please email me. So, Oh, another great podcast that I just got into is the, the Huberman Lab. Do you guys follow Andrew Huberman? No. He mm-hmm. is a, uh, a neuroscientist out of Stanford. He's a professor in the ophthalmology school but he's a neuroscientist and the dude is just a genius but what's really cool is he takes that big brain and then bring is able to talk about things at a normal level see when you listen to a tia like a normal person would just listen to peter and tia and go oh right and but uh, dr <laughs> huberman andrew huberman he takes all these just unbelievable episodes and topics and things like that. And he can really break it down. He talks about, and he quotes the research. It's really cool. His first episode was on the brain. Oh, it was great. So I, this is a, a little digression. Is that a word digression? So uh, today it is. When you talked about, <laughs> I always tell my kids if they know the meaning of the word, they're allowed to use it. So if, um, when you mentioned, hey, this guy went to Stanford, I was like, oh, yeah, Stanford's cool. Do people who don't – so I grew up in the Bay Area and spent a lot of summers on Stanford's campus um, in a program called Upward Bound, which was for first-generational college students. And so to me, Stanford doesn't seem that cool. But I remember the first time I went to Princeton, I was like, man, this is like a luxurious place. It's like Ivy League. So do people who don't – is that normal that everyone who grows up in an area – doesn't always appreciate the area that they grow up in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because Stanford seems really cool, but I'm like, eh, it's not that fancy. It's just Stanford. <laughs> but if you said something like Vanderbilt, I'm like, oh, Vanderbilt, so fancy. <laughs> well, I could tell you after going there, uh, it is fancy. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I know it's it's I, I, I agree with you because you grew up around it. Like when I go to University of Michigan. You know, when I because I grew up about thirty minutes from the University of Michigan, go blue, and uh, you go there like, yeah, it's cool, but people are like, oh, Michigan. And you're like, well, but I've been here a million times. Right, right. You know, well, <clears throat> when I was in college, I would go back to California. I went to school in Texas. I would go back to California for summers and things, and my church was sponsoring, or they were helping. I'm not sure which was which. Um, a, a local group of college students that had come up from Pepperdine mm. to the Bay Area. And they were like, hey, um, we're going to go check out the Golden Gate Bridge. And I was like, yeah, maybe I should do that now that I'm in college. And so I literally lived in the Bay Area my whole life and had never really just walked across the Golden Gate Bridge until I went off to college and came back with another college group who wanted to, you know, do it because they're not from around there. And I guess it had just been so close for so long 
I didn't think it was that cool. I'm like, oh, it's just the Golden Gate Bridge, whatever. But actually, just so y'all know, the Golden Gate Bridge is very cool. So if you've, uh, never been, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've never been, I recommend. But I didn't realize that until I moved away. You know, it's almost like when you have those things that are closest to you, um, you don't always realize their value. So anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, yeah, I agree. But also, the, but then we transcend that and we talk about certain universities like Stanford or Princeton or, or things like that, but you know, or Vanderbilt, but we all learn the same things. You know, it's not right. like, it's not like the, the person that goes and gets their nursing degree at Oakland community college in Farmington Hills, Michigan. I attended there once. Uh, it's not like, it's not like the professors go on, you know, I'd like to teach you more, but this is only OCC. So, right. You know, right. You know. Right. So my favorite, my favorite thing to ask each other whenever taking a class or working on something is what do they call the doctor? It's bottom of his class. Right. Exactly. Doctor. Mm-hmm. They doctor. still call him doctor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it was really funny because when I started uh, the program, you know, I graduated from Middle Tennessee State. Go Blue Raiders. And uh, <laughs> it's, you have uh, a lot of blue in your life, Tom. There is, you know what? Go Blue, Blue Raiders. Uh, <laughs> and but I'll never forget, I'm sitting there in this big auditorium, and our dean was this big, like, she was a high powered person in the nursing world in Tennessee and, and kind of in the world. And, and she comes in and she gives the, you know, look to your left, look to your right. They're not going to be here in two years. Mm. And, you know, I'm sitting next to one kid who went to the Air Force Academy. I think the guy in front of me was from Cornell. And there's all these people from like Yale and uh, all these things. And I'm like, they're like, where'd you go to school? And I'm like, Middle Tennessee State. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but then you realize that's all, it's all school. It's, you know, just pay more for, but it does help. It does help in certain areas. I mean, it never hurts to have Vanderbilt on the resume. And also doing your rotations at the place was nice, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of, I'm like you, Sarah, it's like, a, Stanford's cool, but it's, you know, it's, it's not, just Stanford. Not anymore. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like now that I've been to Princeton, I'm like, Princeton's cool, but it's just Princeton. I mean, yeah. yeah. Look, my nephew's getting his doctorate at Yale and, um, you know, I think that's kind of cool. Cause like he gets to go in and see, like a first generation, like he's getting his, it's a school divinity. So like some of these schools bring things to the table, like, you know, Yale's, Yale's rare books library. I mean, that has like one of the first edition Gutenberg Bibles or it has the book of the dead. I mean, like you can go in there and touch these books. Wow. So, I mean, there's cool things like that, but you know, they all have their problems. In fact, sometimes those schools have more problems. Well, and it's, it's funny because sometimes there's things that are, more prestigious that you don't even realize exist. So I was probably 25, maybe when I found out about Dartmouth and that it was, you know, one of these Ivy league type of schools. And so my, I don't know if he's going to get mad, but my sister's boyfriend went to Dartmouth. And so we like to, you know, tease Rodrigo when we're around and we're like, Oh, well, not all of us got to go to Dartmouth. Ha ha. Of course, my (laughs) sister went to Pepperdine, you know, another one of those kind of. Oh yeah. Wow. And so 
they're both a little bougie in, their, in themselves. But I had applied for Teach for America going to Abilene Christian University and was rejected. And here comes my sister 15 years later with her Pepperdine degree. And they were like, we want you. And I was like, but we're the same. She's like, no, I went to Pepperdine. You know, it's just kind of one of those. <laughs> because you can just say, hey, I have this, you know, fancy school name on my, um, you know, resume. But I don't know that that makes my sister any more or less intelligent than I am. Um, she can hold her own for sure, but <clears throat> she, she did get probably selected for those programs as they went to Dartmouth and because they went to Pepperdine <clears throat> because they were stronger examples for the kids that they were intending to serve. So there is something to say about it, but I don't know if it would be worth me spending three times as much money. Um, bitterly I will mention my sister paid less for her education overall than I did for mine but that's fine (laughs) not that I'm bitter about it not that I'm bitter or over it after she's you know well graduated now oh well you know it's funny because I've been looking at for some reason I was thinking about going back and getting my DNP oh don't do it And uh, I will tell you this, if I get the DMP, I'm flexing and everyone's calling me Dr. Adkins. I'm just yes. saying, but <laughs> no. no, 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 but, uh, you know, I've looked at it and I was, I was looking at schools. I don't know. I've just been looking at different schools and I'm thinking, you know, if I'm going to invest some of these people that they want a crazy amount of money yes. for, to go to these, the same program. Yeah. So, right, right. And at the end of the Which, program, you still have a doctorate. Exactly. So I kind of learned that. Now, I will say, I, I, I feel like having, you know, sort of paid most of my own way through my program, I don't know that I would have traded it. Um, and I went to Abilene Christian University in Abilene, Texas, and it was a really great experience for me. However, the loans were not that great of an experience. So when I looked at getting a doctorate, I said, oh, I wonder if I could go back to ACU. It was great. It was so expensive. Yeah, I, I literally remember telling the lady, I said, listen, I already have one degree from your school and I loved it, but I just don't think I can pay for another one mm-hmm. because I'm going to get the re- same education with different names. And I don't know right. when I'm at work, nobody asks me, hey, where'd you get your degree from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you see, and I think the, the investment, the return on investment in your initial from your from your nothing to our ad is such a greater return on investment than a return on investment getting your DNP. Sure. Right. Agreed. It's not like we're getting, you know, so I understand paying a little more for that, but yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Also, I'm kind of cheap. So, but the other thing that we were, I was talking with some, some other nurse practitioners just this week, and we were talking about the clinical experiences are really what you make it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. in the psychiatric nurse practitioner com- community, they pretty much have to pay for their clinical rotations, which is so interesting to me because I, I never paid anyone other than giving them, hey, here's a gift card. Thanks for having me as your student. It's right, almost, right. It almost seemed unethical to me to charge someone to be their preceptor. Um, but the reality is, I guess, psych is such a profitable area in some it takes away from their ability to see patients to show you how to do it. And so they're charging these students. And oddly, I feel like some of those students who are having to pay for their clinical rotation probably take them more seriously because they're having to shell out a thousand dollars for a semester of, you know, precepting. But if you don't, when I became 
a nurse practitioner, we were assigned to locate our own preceptors. Mm-hmm. And I was very um, resourceful and adamant that I found good ones. And they're hard to come by. Don't get me wrong, y'all. If you're looking for an, uh, you know, a nurse practitioner preceptor, I am always willing to take students. But you have to show up and be ready to work. Because unfortunately, I will sure tell you, why are you here? I will ask you flat out, why are you there? You know, if I'm saying this is what we need to know, you know, I, I was very blessed. So when I did my rotation as an FNP, I had um, very specific pediatric requirements that I was looking for and got very blessed that I was able to get them. So I worked in pediatric only facilities. I didn't do any kind of blended thing. So I feel like my pediatric training was pretty good, but it's because I sought those opportunities out mm-hmm. and you know kept trying until I found someone that would be able to help me. And I was pretty persistent and then ended up with what I consider to be a great experience looking at the new generation now, especially these post-pandemic providers mm-hmm. who didn't get the opportunity. You know, they weren't allowed to see patients. They had to do, you know, in-clinic modules and things. But I just want to point out that no matter what you're, like you're paying 100000 for the year so your education is better, you can still be paying, you know, twenty grand. But if you're finding those good clinical experiences, that's who's making you. That's who's developing mm-hmm. you, and it is what you make it. And I remember being in nursing school and, and when I went in Abilene and wanting to be with the LVNs to train me because these LVNs had been there for 20 years, and they knew so much. They could start an IV with one eye open, you know, one eye closed. They could tell you how to balance this fluid level or whatever because they had that oh. clinical experience, and I wanted that. And so even though their, you know, license was lesser than I was getting, I felt like they had more to offer me than some of the new graduate RNs mm-hmm. who didn't mm-hmm. know anything. So, mm-hmm. But you know, let's go back to paying for preceptors. You know, when I was in primary care and I would just get flooded with requests and I was at a busy clinic Yeah. and it's hard to precept. And you know what? My time is important. We don't value our time as much as... We think, but when I'm seeing 30 patients, 30, 40 patients a day, and then trying to provide a good experience for the, for the student and, and, you know, making them think and teaching them everything, it's draining. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I, I feel bad for these students because nobody's taking students anymore, you know, and, mm-hmm. and my office, my office stopped taking them, which is ridiculous, but that's just another side note. But um, I don't know, man, I, near the end, I was thinking I need because the schools don't do anything for me. Mm-mm. You know what? Like I talked to UTA and I just wanted like access to the library, like online library. I wanted, you know, maybe adjunct stat- status. So they're like, no, no. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm doing you a favor. I'm, I'm working extra for a university. I didn't even go to. And tech, I'm getting tech nothing. now I'm, gives you access to their library. I was going to say pro tip. That might've been what sparked it because UTA maybe. sent me an email that gives me access now as well. Well, good, and but, and know, I say it's tech, maybe it was, I had a student. And no, I, I think both do. I had a UTA maybe. and a tech student last year and they both sent me an email. You know, where uh-huh. we work now, yeah. we don't, I don't need it as much because I feel like we right. have pretty good access to stuff, but it was nice yeah. that they were offering that. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. You bring that up. Like, tell me, have you ever used our library? I have. Yes. Remember, I'm the nerd. You well, can send I, the librarian I, I, a I, I threw that out there. That was a softball because I knew you were going to say yes. <laughs> yes. 
So I've actually emailed the librarian at our employer with a topic and they will send you like four or five, you know, peer reviewed articles on your topic that you're looking for. And you don't even have to do the work if you needed it for something. See, that's awesome. There's so many things. It's so funny because like, maybe it's just me. Uh, (laughs) Maybe. And it might be, it might be a touch of my uh, proposed or purported ADD, but I learn things all the time and I've never even thought about like texting the librarian to it is just knowing your resources though. If, right. If, yeah. Like if you've never used it before, that doesn't come to mind. Right. You know. Oh no, you can access on our intranet in case anyone works with us or you guys didn't know. Um, we talk about the wonderful things our employer offers, but on the internet, you can have access to the red book and the Harriet lane and, um, you, you know, all these journals are available. So, they subscribe you- to a lot. And so it's nice because you can go in there and if you're looking for the AAP guideline and you can't find it through, you know, I'm the internet sleuth. If you can't find it for free through an internet search, I just jump over to the internet and pull it up in that. There's a, a specific browser. I can send it to you next time, Tom. And you can just put in your topic. And it'll even give you, you know, several different pediatric books that reference that topic. Wow. And you can just decide which cool. one you want to read. You know, if you're reading something about dermatology, it'll give you four different references on, you know, pityriasis alba. And you can see what it looks like and you can read about it. And if you like the way one reads, you can click on that one. Um, and I recommend a lot. I mean, I'm a fan of the Harriet Lane. And I know it's kind of old school and outdated, but it's one of the things that got me through peds as a family nurse practitioner because the Harriet Lane book just has all of the pediatric information basically condensed into this little handbook that you can carry around in your pocket and Uh all of the most common pediatric medications you'll prescribe Um, Mm -hmm. and I will say I'm a little old school I still prefer to have that book if it's available but with the new regulations in the hospital where you can't have books that are past so many years old and all these things um I've been kind of falling back to that internet resource where I can pull up a Harriet Lane that I didn't have to buy to stay updated and, you know, browse to the end to check out, hey, what is the actual dosing for treating strep with amoxicillin? Not that I would forget, but, you know, if I needed to, I could access it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like when I people are hired. I had no idea hired, we had access that. I feel like when people are hired, they should have a separate orientation. And I don't know if my bosses are listening to this or not, but I feel like that's why new hires get sent to me for one day. (laughs) So they come and follow me for one day so I can show them all the policies and the procedures and how to, you know, request PTO and how to find the internet and to access all these resources. Because for whatever reason, my brain just swarms to that educational component. (laughs) Yes, Sarah, Mm -hmm. that's why they only spend one day with you. I was like, they send them to me for one day just so I can teach them those tricks that often get overlooked. (laughs) Well, but, you know, new hire orientation, even like, because I've done it for so long, you know, I've done it as an MP for so long. It, you come here and, you know, our hospital system is very organized, policies, procedures. And when you come from the outside world where, primary care in a, in a private office is not, you know what I mean? Yes. Like po- policies, you know, what we build them as we go. And so there's so much that you have to learn so much thrown at you. I mean, you drink from a fire hose and by day three of orientation in the main, in the main hospital, I was fried. I was like, what? 
I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, for comparison, know. when I was in primary care, my um, so in the state of Texas, we are still considered um, as nurse practitioners to be restricted practice providers. And so part of our practicing ability uh, requires us to be observed on the Texas Medical Board by a physician just to oversee us and check once a month to make sure we're not writing these erroneous prescriptions, basically. Um, but part of that contract is supposed to include um, just sort of a like a written or a verbal contract of what you can and can't do while this physician is supervising you per se. So when I was in primary care, speaking of the Harriet Lane, we literally signed and dated the front of the Harriet and said, this is the guideline that we're going to use and that if it's in this book, then it's correct. And we That's awesome. It, right. Like that was our agreement. And of course, we worked mm-hmm. side by side. And our situation was different because we were never, I never worked without him. He was standing there. I was standing there. We were seeing patients. If I ever had a question, he was always available. It was a very wonderful first job opportunity for me. Moving over to our hospital system now, it's like this 12 page agreement. And you you have to like meet once a month officially and sign the paper, which is correct. You know, we would meet when I was in primary, less formal, I guess. It was less tracked. And so now... I mean, there's three different pages we turn off to turn in for our, what we call a scope. And it just, you know, outlines, this is what you're, you can do. This is what is going on. And so anyways, it's just, yeah, you're right. It's very different. It's very, um, it's good. It's not bad. It's good. It's just different. Well, that's, and it's funny because you say that because when I was leaving my last place of employment where I was for five years, uh, my precepting physician, I told her, I said, Hey, you need to go on the board and solidify our supervising relationship or whatever that is. Right. And, uh, she didn't even know what I was talking about. Yeah. Said, it's crazy to me. Doctors, Dr. So-and-so, I mean, we talked about this twice in five years because, you know, it comes up and she didn't even like know how to get to the board at that area. And it was still, you know, she clicked it green. I think the last week I worked there. <laughs> and as long as it's backdated, then, it's not a problem. Right. You know, and it was just like, okay, you know, but yeah, they just, it's a whole different world. Whole I think different some world. Of it, we work, we work for a big entity and if they were to get audited, they have to be able to show. Right. The, yeah. That they're doing all the right things. And when you work for a smaller practice, if you get audited, you, you figure out how to, to show that you've been doing it. All yeah. It was just me and Dr. Anyone was, if they were auditing yeah. us. We knew everything. There's just two exactly. of us. You know it and you can come up with the documentation. It's not a big deal when there's just two of you, but when there's 2000 of you, it becomes yes. a bigger deal if you're audited. And so yeah. it is, it is more formal. I think just simply because we're a bigger entity. I agree. I feel like it I should agree. be somehow yeah. incorporated if problem though. Other states have full practice authorization and they don't have that agreement. So you would think that they would talk about it in medical school. You know, they talked to, they talked to us about it in nurse practitioner school. I went to school in Texas, but if I had gone to school in Arizona, for example, where it's now a full practice state, um, I think Kansas just added to the list of, of states that are full practice. Some have full practice with restrictions where, you know, after you've been a nurse practitioner X number of years, then you can practice, apply for practice independently, which is the case in Florida um, and then also California. But it's funny because it's kind of similar because Texas has changed the ruling. And this doesn't, you guys might not know this because in our organization, they, you know, 
have more strict guidelines. But once you've had a supervising physician for X number of years, I believe it's three to five years in the state of Texas, maybe it's just one full year, it converts over. So you have to meet with them monthly. And then once you've met with them for a year and you've been in contract with them for a year, you can actually go to quarterly instead for your you know monthly checks that we do. And so it's just interesting that even in Texas, it's restricted, but it's not as restrictive as it needs to be sometimes, or it, or it, it actually gives you more leeway. So once the, once you've been doing it for a while and you know each other, then you can have some more relaxed reviewing process. So it's less time consuming that way. Hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. Mm-mm. The random things that I know from reading the, you know, Texas medical board and the nursing board. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I've said this all along. Thank God for you. Because if I need to find something, I'm going to call you and, you know, and, and figure it out because I, I look at that board website or the, the nursing board publications yeah. that read like VCR instructions. You're like, uh, okay. yeah, no, I can tell you what <laughs> hours you need for jurisprudence and what you need for, you know, um, well, what do you human trafficking every two years? Jurisprudence is every six or every third renewal. You know, you have to have 20 hours of uh, pharmacology per certification for this one, but it's 20 hours of CE if you're just a nurse in Texas, plus five pharmacology if you're a provider. Yeah, there's all mm. kinds of random things that have stayed in my brain. Well, you need, you need to write that down. Yeah, that that's, down, you know, you were saying I should market my, my skill that way, and that oh, might be where I'm going with that one. Your ability to find things, like, you know, yesterday we were talking about a policy regarding Rosefin shots, you know, and it was like 1030 <laughs> at night and we were just bantering back and forth through <laughs> text. And next thing I know, Sarah sends the guidelines from Australia. <laughs> I was trying to compare. I was like, we know what we do. This is what they do there. It's different. Right. But, but I was just like, only you could find that or, <laughs> or would find that, which is, but what a useful resource for like, let's say, Let's say that I'm a mom of four who's raising kids and trying to go to a nurse practitioner school and trying to do my best. But I need to, as we talked about in the beginning, optimize or automatize or whatever. Kylie, what, you, what was the word? The uh, making the, yeah, the uh, lazy genius. Make the, the yeah. lazy genius. Yeah, but, be lazy about but, the things that don't matter and genius about the things that do. Right, but there's a word like, you know, standardize or whatever. But, you know, like uh-huh. why... If if I've got to do this research, I'm going to read the articles. I just don't have time to sit down for six hours and search through things. Why not hire somebody like Sarah? And it takes me 20 in, minutes. Yeah. In 20 mm-hmm, minutes. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Again, we go back to valuating our time. So let's let's put an emphasis on I would rather pay 25 bucks or 30 bucks for Sarah for a half hour to provide me with six articles you know, because I don't work for our hospital, and, right? you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you could do that. And I would gladly, especially if I have, you know, little birds to feed and people to get to soccer practice and things like that. Mm-hmm. We need to look at, we need to look at that's important. And so Sarah, when you got a million dollar company, you can at least buy me a hot dog at QT because I gave you that. You I will. I would like some royalties. Those QT hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of QT hot dogs, I need to get to work. 
which I has no idea why that's a transition. I, I guess that's what's for lunch. There you go. Tom, I do have to tell you, one of the first times I met you, all the girls at the clinic that we were working at kept calling you QT. And I really thought they were calling you C U T I E. (laughs) And and it like it it was very endearing and it was sweet. And I just like it it was funny. And then then I figured out they were really saying Q T because of the hot dogs. And it (laughs) it makes me smile every time I see those roller dogs that I would never consume. And I think of you every time. (laughs) that's that's awesome that's great oh well guys i've enjoyed it we will uh meet back again i don't know we'll have to find time and we can talk more about everything i love how we started talking about podcasts and then we got to this topic and qt and using the library at our facility i wonder if we could talk about can we mention our where we work who would we talk to about that I bet you there's some HR person we could probably ask. I think it gets a little bit tricky because I do. I can find it out, but here's here's my reservation. (laughs) (laughs) I bet Sarah's Skype friends with them. Oh my God, yes, I'm sure. (laughs) We'll talk about that. We'll we'll circle back. There you go. We'll work on that. We'll circle back with that. That's Don't be late, Tom. No, I won't. I'm 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 at the closest clinic. It's only ten minutes away, so that's good. Oh nice. But I want to get there and I I do have uh, some administrative tasks to finish from from last night <laughs> and pick up one of those hot dogs from qt hey maybe qt would sponsor us there Ooh, you go look at that well, qt if you're listening yeah. send tom some hot dogs he likes oh, gifts the bad thing is is i did uh yeah really i do like gifts and hot dogs but i had to cut way back so maybe my cardio maybe my cardiologist did know what he was talking about I <laughs> On that note, guys, have a have a good day. Do either of you work today? I do not. No. And I don't oh, either. I'm off tomorrow. I can't wait. So and I, I I promise you, as the good Lord is my witness, I am not picking up tomorrow. Don't Famous do it. last don't do words. That. Just text us before you try and we'll guide you in the right direction. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Famous last words. Oh well. I'm I'm working tomorrow. Maybe you could pick up with me. Oh. Okay, it I all, don't know. It all, <laughs> it all, it all depends. If it, was the, if it was the same place you were at the other night, I'm not going. Okay. It seemed like it was crazy. It was. So. Oh, before we hang up. So we're going to hang up yes. the, the end before we hang up. Before we end the podcast, I would like to give a one-day delayed public official happy birthday to Kylie Cherry, who's now 24. <laughs> Happy birthday, Kylie Cherry. Thanks, guys. That's awesome. That's awesome. What would you do for your birthday? Did you have a coupon to go somewhere? <laughs> I that would be me. Free Starbucks drink. See? Yes. Um, no, I took, I had my children and one of my sister's kids, and we took a walk, and we went to the park, and I was hopeful to get all the kids down at the same time to read a little bit of my book during nap time, and that didn't happen. Mm. But th- this is real adulting where you, you go to the park and you hope to read your book on your birthday. <laughs> on your <Yes>. birthday. <laughs> no, yeah. we did go out for ice cream last night and that was very exciting for our two year olds. He got to have ice cream before dinner. Did you like that? Oh yes. What? <laughs> was yes. it so exciting? Yeah. Yes. Yes, you can get more. You wanna get more ice cream? Yeah. 
Maybe sometime soon. Maybe for your birthday. You tell you tell him that Uncle Tom <laughs> will bring him ice cream. Ice cream for breakfast. Uncle That's Tom is gonna him. door bash him some ice cream today. There you yes. go. There you go. <laughs> Not I sponsored. I was going to work the other Not day sponsored. and he said right. He said, Have a good day with Mr. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's, That's sweet. great. Well, guys. All right, y'all. Till next time. Until next time, have a good week, and we will talk to you later. And remember, if you have questions, three NPs in a pod at gmail.com. All right, Goodbye. bye, everybody. Say bye. 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 Oh. <laughs>